All right, Grant, what's up, man? All not much. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, talking mid-round wide receivers today. So we're going to say round – I don't know if round five is mid to many people, but we'll just say round five. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. Round five on wide receivers. Um, let's start with like the guys in like round five ish. Who do you think is overvalued? Who do you like? Or let's go five to six. So, so picks, um, I don't know, 50 to around like 65. Who do, who stands out good and bad? So my favorite receiver in this whole bunch, and I think you might disagree with me on this one is Robert Woods. I am so high on Robert Woods this year. Um, I I think I've got him rated as the number seven overall on my wide receiver uh, wide receiver board right now. Uh, whenever I kind of dug into the research on that, um, so last year he was second in routes run per game, which is amazing. He never comes off the field. All right, he was ninth in targets and ninth in yards across every receiver across the board. And what I like about him when they finally throw him the ball, he doesn't drop it. So the only other player besides him that had a less than a 1% drop rate for someone who had over 150 catches in the last two years was Michael Thomas. So statistics like that show me that he is probably going to be the guy. And I know we talked about this on the last podcast, but they're now going to start running 12 personnel. When they were running 11 personnel, Cooper Cup was the guy in the slot, and that's where the first eight games he got all the volume. Gerald Everett goes down. They go back into 12 personnel. You know, Gurley wasn't you know, they didn't lean on him too heavily. They kind of rotated and Robert Woods became the number one guy averaging like eight, nine targets a game. Volume's going to be king with them. So I really, really think Robert Woods is the guy this year moving forward. And I think he's going to have a huge, huge year. It's arguable for sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't call any bold Robert Woods prediction crazy. I mean, he's definitely got the upside. He was on my bold predictions board, I believe two years ago. So I really liked him a lot him vanishing at the beginning of the year or not vanishing, but them leaning more on cup heavily leaning on cup versus woods concerns me, but he finished the year, the second half of the year, the guy that they're leaning on, but cup looks good. He's been working out, um, looking trimmed, ready to go, actually looking ripped. Uh, it's tough to say. I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm more partial to stay away from Rams players right now. <laughs> it called, right. called, called that a Daryl Henderson, uh, reaction. Um, just the <laughs> fact that I don't trust how they'll use their players. I, I think people putting their money on acres are going to be as disappointed as I was about Henderson last year, this year. Um, and and I'm, I'm not as big of a golf fan as, as some people. Some people really feel like he's the most undervalued quarterback in fantasy football every, every year. But I, I just, I'm kind of at a wait and see approach. Woods goes a little high sometimes, but sometimes he falls into a range where I'm like, Hey, you know, he is the best receiver on the board. So that's a good one where we kind of see it differently, but I don't I don't really disagree with you. I just it's hard for me to rank him ahead of DK Medcalf, who I have in that range as well, in that fifty to sixty-five range. Sometimes he goes higher, but you can get DK there in that like five point oh one range sometimes. Uh Chark, DJ Chark, I think is a guy that I would take over Woods, but I t- again totally understand why you would take Woods over Chark. Um, McLaurin, I like a lot, but I, I liked him a lot more later. He's climbing up 
boards like really fast. And, and, and the concern isn't him. I see Steve Smith in this guy. The concern is that, that, that passing game isn't evolved enough to help him, you know, produce what I think he could produce guys. I'm worried about in that range, I would say um, would be Sutton Cortland Sutton, I think can get overdrafted because I think people don't realize how good Jerry Judy is. I don't, I kind of get the, the Baker Mayfield feel with, and with, uh, with Drew Locke. I, I could be wrong on that. I'm not necessarily labeling him as a for sure bus, but I just am, am indifferent when it comes to ranking him, drafting him, relying on him. I do love Melvin Gordon in that offense, but for 2020, I'm not super high on investing big draft capital in either Locke, Judy, or Sutton. I love Judy long-term, though. What do you think about that, Correct. Denver, the Denver no, guys? I completely, I completely agree with that. Locke's either going to be one of those hit-or-miss guys. He's, he's either going to do really, really well, be a, a, a low-end quarterback one, or he's going to be – a very, very big disappointment. Uh, you're just, he's kind of, it's sight unseen. You don't really know a whole lot of what he's going to do. We know Judy is the electric guy out of Alabama. We know Cortland Sutton is the big red zone target. I, I want to say Cortland Sutton again last year had, was like number three or something like that in red zone target percentage uh, with inside the, the red zone. And so he's, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to burn them. Obviously that's why they got Judy there, but I, I just, I don't have a lot of faith in that situation, especially if you're, if you're going to want to go up into the fourth round and grab him. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot in Fant, Melvin Gordon. There's just so many weapons there. Can Locke be, can Locke be the volume guy they need to give all those guys consistency? I think no, but that's, that's, that's me. Diggs is interesting in that 50 to 65 range. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't love him or like about right for him and I think I could see him exploding or disappointing changing teams is never the easiest thing for a wide receiver so uh and Lockett's getting ranked in that range Hilton um uh, we're assuming AJ Brown's already gone otherwise he would have been the first guy out of my mouth because I think he's a top five top seven top five to seven right. at least breakout for 2020 so we'll leave him out of this because he's he should be getting drafted way above there all right next next range 66-ish to, to like, uh, I don't know, go to 80. Um, guys that stand out to me, I like Hollywood Brown. I like Devontae Parker. Yep. Um, Fun fact about Marquise Brown. I don't Brown. like it. What? You what? Yeah, what I, I actually really am high on Marquise Brown, and I didn't realize this when I started kind of digging into it, that uh, when he was targeted four more times last year, and he, that happened in nine games, he scored at least 14.8 points per game. And that is huge to me. I think it's a situation that Harbaugh has already said they're going to run less with Jackson this year. They've made a huge point that they want to show that he can pass the ball. He's coming off, you know, the the ankle injury from last year. He, his foot's right. They're going to throw him the ball. He is so explosive, so electric. He's going to get his shot. And when they target him more than four or five times a game, man, this this man can put up some serious numbers. Yeah, and everyone talks about the size. He's too small. I I, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there yet. Let's see how he holds up. To me, he has top twelve to fifteen wide receiver upside. Like I, a lot of people think that's absolutely crazy when I say that, but. He could literally flirt with wide receiver one numbers. Even if he finishes slightly outside in the high wide receiver two category, I think he'll be that guy that's in the wide receiver twos. 
at some point, everybody accepts him as a wide receiver too. It, it might only take two or three weeks too. This stuff happens quick. People, people have really short memories for this stuff. And, and week two or three, the people will be like, Oh yeah, yeah. Hollywood Brown. You know, I, I knew it. I knew this was coming. He's going to start settling into a high end wide receiver two value. And he's going to be that one guy out of all those wide receiver twos that consistently dances in the wide receiver one category. I think watching when you watch footage on his week one explosion and, and I know it's against Miami and I know he, he struggled to stay consistent all year, but he was a rookie number one, but he had 147 yards, four receptions, five targets, two TDs, and looked electric doing it. He didn't have a defender like fall down and, and just, you know, walk into the end zone. He like literally was electric, looked amazing on the field as a rookie, which is really hard to do. Rookies have a tough time transitioning into the NFL as wide receivers, at least wide receiver position they do. And, and to see him do that and to follow that up with eight receptions on 13 targets in week two, for 86 yards tells me he had nine targets the next week, seven the next week, five then the bye week. And that's when I think he was just hampered all year from like, you know, from that week five pretty much all the way through the entire season until he got to week 19 in the playoffs where he had 11 targets because he was getting healthier, although he really got healthier after they removed the screw from his foot this offseason. But 11 targets for seven receptions and 126 yards in week 19 of the playoffs. This guy – is like the writings on the wall to me. I don't get why people don't see him coming, but that's great for anybody that wants a guy in the 65 plus, you know, 65 to 80 range for wide receiver breakouts. This is the guy. Yep. I agree. Uh, Landry. I don't like in, uh, in that range. Um, I, I agree with that. AJ green. I don't like in that range. I mean, I, I could see the appeal. Some people think he could bounce back, but I, I, you know, pick 65 to 69, you're talking about Deshaun Watson going there. Hollywood Brown, who I just mentioned. Russell Wilson sometimes goes there. Deshaun, uh, or sorry, DeAndre Swift. Uh, Waller. Devontae Parker. These are all much safer options than an A.J. Green. I have no idea what people are thinking when they're they're drafting him so much. It's ADP sitting in the sixth round. It's just way too early for me. What do you think? That shit. He's is he's got a serious history of injuries for the last few years. I just think that's what given a way too much draft capital for someone who they have so many weapons now at receiver. I think that Tyler Boyd Boyd is clearly the number one there now. That you're so in my opinion, if he's the number two on the on the team, why are you drafting your number two receiver that high? You want to go out and get your Terry McLaurin's, your Hollywood Browns. You want the guy who's going to be the guy on the team, the number one receiver that the quarterback's going to go look for. So in my opinion, I just, I don't see it from AJ green anymore. Not, yeah, not I, at that draft capital. That just doesn't make sense. To yeah. Me. Debo Samuel, uh, as we get out outside of the 80 range. So I don't like Landry. I don't like, um, yeah, it was Landry and pretty much AJ green. I, there's not a lot of wide receivers in that range, um, from, from 60 to 80, which is weird. Right. But, uh, on average, on ADP data, I'm looking at Edelman at 80 is interesting. I don't know that I love it. I don't hate it. Uh, Gallup, I think, uh, go ahead. Yeah, that's what you're saying about Edelman is I think with Cam now coming in, Edelman's draft stock actually improves greatly over Stidham, but we don't know if Stidham's going to be the guy or not. So that's kind of one of those if, – if Cam's the guy, Cam's really good at that short to intermediate, intermediate range passing. So – Edelman will still be that guy. And, you know, we keep hearing all kinds of rumors that 
Cam may or may not start now. People are just Correct. speculating. I think he will. I think, yeah, the offense probably better, like, right off the bat because he's been there. But Cam's got a lot of years of experience, a lot of years of knowing def- how to read defenses, how to pick up things that Stidham is probably still learning for the first time. Cam can pass him very quickly. So I think Cam will start. Um, there's worry about injury with Cam, sure. But I, I don't think the Patriots brought him in to move him along slowly. I firmly believe he'll start week one, but that's me. What do you think about that? I agree. Uh, Debo Samuel, 7.11 is pretty decent value. I think he there's a, a chance he returns by like week one through four now. Um, and that's not horrible value. I think I like Boyd better. Boyd's right around there. But then it's like Deontay Johnson, who, who's got upside. Um, Will Fuller, always hurt, but has upside. That's about where Debo feels. You know, Gallup. Gallup's got a lot of question marks now. Where he, I thought he was a breakout until they drafted CeeDee Lamb. Marvin Jones. Um, Slate. I like Slate a lot at pick 812. 8.12. Uh, fun facts about Darius Slayton. I would, I, like I said, it was really, really interesting when you kind of dig into it. He had eight TDs on 48 catches last year. His average depth of target was 14 yards and had 15.4 yards per reception. Those are incredible numbers. And they didn't really start looking his way until Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate were out. And Steve Slayton, uh, I'm sorry, Darius Slayton, completely took over and emerged as the clear number one there. I think that Danny Dimes is going to absolutely look for him this year because he's proven that he can handle the load and make amazing plays down the field. Yeah, Slayton's the guy you draft as your wide receiver three, but get ready for wide receiver two numbers. I feel like exactly. his his floor is more than built into his ADP. Like he, he'll earn you that crazy. What would I say it was hundred overall, hundredth pick overall? <laughs> That's he'll easily earn that. He'll sleepwalk into those numbers, and the odds are he'll be like five rounds above that in, at the end of the year. Absolutely. Uh, CD Lamb, I actually do like a lot, even as a rookie. I feel like he's such a talent. I think that he's going to cause some chaos in Amari Cooper's head because Amari Cooper feels under that kind of uh, pressure because in Oakland, Oakland's a little unfair because a lot of good receivers have gone there, done nothing and left and done well. Um, But I just feel like he struggles with drops. I see Lamb as the future of that team in terms of the wide receiver position. I think Amari Cooper fears that, and it's going to get in his head. And I think I think I think Cooper's going to struggle more than people think. And if you're drafting him as your wide receiver one, you're going to be potentially disappointed. That's just my opinion. I'm not sure what you you feel like. You're there in uh, in Texas, yeah. so. So let me let, let's play a little game real quick. I'm going to give you wide receiver one and wide receiver two. So out of these two receivers, we'll call them player A and player B. Tell me which one you'd rather have on this one. So player A is going to have 4.9 receptions, 7.4 targets, 74.3 yards, and 15.4 points a game. All right. Uh, receiver B has 4.7 receptions, 8.1 targets. 79.1 yards and 15.2 overall points per game. So having those, and I kind of ran through that pretty quickly, but of those two receivers, which one would you rather have? Uh, the second one, I think, based on, again, you did go over it quickly, but is that is the second one Gallup and the first one Cooper? That's exactly I, right. I could, I could feel it. 
I can feel the, the trickery coming. Um, yeah, and that, the problem though is, and I I was talking Gallup up like crazy, saying Gallup's going to be the number one there at the end of the year, and people are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Now it sucks because I don't know that I'm I'm feeling that way anymore, but I felt like the like you're just saying the targets or whatever volume is there is going to be maybe now divided up between Gallup and CD, but that total volume together still could beat out Amari Cooper in the end, but I don't know. It's I'm not, I'm not calling Cooper a bust. I just think he's not going to be as good as people think. I completely agree. Cause I think honestly, by next year at the beginning of the year or mid next year, CD lamb is the number one receiver on that yeah. team. I think he could, and I can honestly see them looking to trade Cooper. I wouldn't point. be shocked if in, within his entering his third year. So, you know, he goes through his rookie year. A lot of people take all of these predictions out of context when I when I do a dynasty prediction. Like I, I have about right. Nikhil Harry. I still get DMs almost on the weekly about how, are you ready to pull the plug? You missed on that one. My prediction every single time I made it said that in one to three years, Nikhil Harry would do X. Nikhil Harry would be this good. And yet everyone acts like the prediction's already missed. So please don't twist this up. CeeDee Lamb, within entering his third year, maybe at the end of his second year, he starts looking this good, will be, I believe, a top five to seven wide receiver in fantasy. Um, wouldn't shock me if, if I'm even changing that to make that sound even better. <laughs> but uh, I think he's that good. Now, he has some bust potential. Uh, which is weird to say, like, I feel like Jerry Judy um, talent wise has less bus potential, but CD lamb has better situation. So I'm a little bit upset and torn by their landing spots. Not that Judy can't turn into a really darn good wide receiver in a great spot. Like AJ Brown feels like he is. And now, whereas AJ Brown did not when he, when he's drafted, um, I think situations can change very quickly. And if Locke isn't the guy that, that the Broncos and that coaching staff think he could be, they'll move on quickly and figure it out. But uh, it's tough to rank these two guys in dynasty. I like both of them though. I agree. Uh, let's see. Anybody else you like in that like 80 to a hundred range? I like it, Marvin Jones jr. A lot um, for his capital. I'm looking at it. He's what 8.11 on the overall uh, getting rounds, getting drafted at draft position. Last year, he had eight TDs inside the red zone, which was the third most TDs in the league. And I didn't even realize he only played three games. But if you take – and then I guess the argument I've always heard on that is he had that one monster four TD game. So you kind of take those stats with a grain of salt. Wait, 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 wait. He, he was what rank in touchdowns? He had the third most TDs in the league last year. And he only played how many games? Uh, Thirteen. 13. I thought you said a lower number. That's still good, but that's still impressive. But yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the reports that were Stafford, I like him. He's, he's a good sneaky, good. Like if you wait on building your wide receiver three till later and you draft him and a couple guys to kind of rotate in, in until you decide who's the guy, that's definitely a, a player I like. And he's he, going he's late. He's going to be a solid wide receiver three, solid wide receiver. Three. And that's, that's like hundred plus ADP. Like he's over, he's in the, the triple digit, numbers of, of where he's getting drafted like 100 i have him right here at 103 overall on this adp list yep. i'm looking at that's that's like no risk territory that's that's carry on johnson that's uh you know emmanuel sand 
Sanders. A guy I like even later that I would actually take ahead of Jones, uh, Marvin Jones, though, would be Michael Hardman. Yep. I think he's probably my favorite, my absolute favorite, a hundred plus overall player um, at the wide receiver position in 2020. Right, like looking at this list of of names, like I love Judy, but that's more long term. So if we're talking dynasty, he's not going to be in the ninth round. So we're talking redraft. Looking at these names: Crowder, Rugs, Sanders, Judy, Lamb. I, I, I like Marvin Jones and Slayton. I like Slate a lot. I just said, but Nicole Hardman is the one guy that like jumps out as what if he's getting the targets that, that the solo wide receiver two in Kansas, like let's say he replaces Watkins because Watkins has talked about even retiring. I don't know if I have faith in him being consistent at all in 2020. And they may just at some point remove him from that two spot and put Michael Hardman in there full time. If Hardman is not even getting wide receiver one targets, like if Hill were to get injured, which is possible, Hill could get into trouble, which is also very possible. There's two things that could happen to Hill. Even if he, if Michael Hardman is just the number two there, but he's this consistent full-time number two, that's Patrick Mahomes throwing 40 to 45 to 50 TDs, whatever you think about Mahomes. Like that person's going to eat more than some wide receiver ones on other teams. Absolutely. So I don't get why he doesn't have a lot of excitement right now behind him. Absolutely. You know, Randy Reed went up in the draft to go get him. Andy Reed does not go get his, does not move up unless he is your guy. So eventually they're going to use him. They're going to, they're going to scheme for him. They're going to get him the ball. Yeah. I don't, I'm looking down the list. I don't see one wide receiver that excites me at all from like one 15 overall on. Like, the only one that I, I'm a little bit intrigued with, but I'm not overly excited with. So if he's your fifth wide receiver that you draft, I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't take him as your three or four by any means. Would be Preston Williams. What he did in those first three, four, five, six games of yeah. towards ACL was impressive. I mean, he's just yeah. a freak athlete. He's the only one that gets my blood boiling just a little bit, but not yeah. not not too extreme. I could get on board with, with that as a sleeper call. Um, you know, Brandon, now you could be okay, but he's a rookie. Uh, John Brown, I like, but we don't really know what's in store for him, but I do like him. Nikhil Harry, I love talent-wise. I'm just not sure where I'm putting him yet, but I definitely draft him. Uh, Bashar Perriman, I like him, but not sure what's going on there. I Literally, it's me, Cole Harbin, and Slayton. Like, from 100 on, and then your Marvin Jones call, it's Marvin Jones, Slayton, and Michael Hardman with, I think, Michael Hardman head and shoulders above them, in my opinion, for upside. Uh, probably Jones in there for consistency, and then Slayton in there in the middle somewhere. Right, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, Hardman definitely has the highest upside on that bill because if he has that rapport, if he gets involved in the mix, man, he could have a monster season. All right, running backs, the next podcast. We'll do, we'll do mid-round running backs. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Get on over to Grant Land Part 2. That's the number two. My co-host here, Grant. That's his site. Go support him. Follow him. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show.